it's Gabby Kors. And Kara Menz. And this is the Schwitz Sisters. Yeehaw! Where we talk shit and schwitz. And today we actually were schwitzing in our, yes, in our sauna. <laughs> our brand new name to be determined. Uh-huh. Name to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, oh my God, it is such a nice sauna. I know. And how awesome we got to, we, we looked at this and we thought, oh my gosh, our, we have a podcast scheduled for 930 or an interview and with Mike and we could be in our sauna and do it. And it worked out. We made it happen, Gabby. <laughs> well, well, partially, right? Because we had some technical difficulties on our end because uh, my phone got too hot and uh, stopped. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. We left the blooper in for you guys to listen to. Uh, poor Mike was sitting by himself uh, mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then we popped back on. So who did we talk to today? Tell them, we Gabby. Ta- we talked to <laughs> Mike Waldron. Uh, he's the visionary creator of the 23rd Veteran. It's a transformative nonprofit organization based in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, he shared his inspiring story the inception of his organization and how he has had such a profound impact on veterans battling with post-traumatic stress disorder, whatever that looks like. Right. Yep. 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 And even civilians. There's civilians into his program as well. And we, I can't wait for you guys to hear this amazing knowledge that Mike had and just insight and the story, you know, the, um, he, he related panic attacks to a great story that you can just relate to and understand it better. And I think that it was just amazing. I, I just truly think what he's doing and we need to bring it down here to Southwest Minnesota. We need to find some peeps to, to definitely do this with. Oh man. Or incorporate him, you know, like tell them about him, <laughs> his program. And I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to stress how big of a deal and how gracious he was with our time. I mean, he's been on CBS, Los Angeles, Fox News, uh, in Minneapolis, the Military Times, Military.com, the Star Tribune, CBS Philly. Um, He's been on Good Morning America, I believe. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I wasn't aware of all of that. Holy cow. And you can you can hear him, right? Like, you can hear how well-versed he is at talking about his story. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, their, their philosophy is our heroes should destroy the enemy, not themselves. So Mm. they really are changing lives in our veteran community and they're sponsoring and, um, partnering with different businesses to really take care of those veteran employees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to look more in depth at the fundraiser he talked about in a couple weeks, right. In the cities. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's another one in Duluth, um, happening every year i mean just to to be an advocate for this and to oh i just i I, so many people need to know about this it's crazy yeah and maybe some of our listeners are like why are you interviewing the 23rd veteran okay yeah why why would you do that and um his values in reframing um how your brain thinks about things, mm-hmm. um, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, taking mental health in, and really just getting a grasp on it and putting yourself in control. Mm-hmm. Those are all values that align with care and diet. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. I mean, everything about their program and what he's wanting to do and tools in your back pocket, you guys, that, that we have, that he can give, he, you're going to listen and hear these tools he, he provides and we provide and just like that, that are out there. And I know it's not that simple. I, I, I'm not saying it's as simple as pulling out a tool in your back pocket and doing this and that, but it is the knowledge that, oh, you know, the blame and shame on ourselves just has to stop. We've got to look and realize what we can do and what, how we can change this plasticity in our brain, which he brings up too. So, right. And I mean, <laughs> you know, think about it. How crazy is it to sit there with a business plan? Like I'm going to start a nonprofit. 
I'm going to take these military members, I'm going to ship them out, and they're going to do survival on their own on a remote island for a week. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to tell, you know what, get back here, and we're going to do a 13-week program at a CrossFit gym. And then we're going to focus on gratitude and really reframing our brain, right? Like, you know he had to have been laughed at a couple times oh, yeah. when he proposed the business plan. Yeah. But he did it, yeah. right? He and adapted, he overcame, and now look at him. Yep. And 95% of his, the people that go through the program graduate. You guys, that's, that's, it's amazing. So we can't wait for you guys to hear. And please, if you know a veteran or uh, an employer that has six or more veterans as their employees, this is who he's looking for to, to, and, and right, Gabby? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's looking for partnerships with employers who really care about, um, you know, and value his veteran, their veteran workforce Mm -hmm. and want to provide an opportunity for them to be more productive, more integrated back into their civilian life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can start with them, right? That that they could be, their work could be a really big avenue and an outlet for them to heal. You, you, it's right here. It's right at their fingertips with with the twenty third veterans. So, listen in, you guys. We hope you'll enjoy it. Yep. My Atlanta, did we do it? Did it work? Okay. Yes. All right. Hey, Mike. It's Kara. Good to meet you. Is there no video for this one? No. For your bucket? Okay. Good I, yeah, right? Like we can paint a visual. We can yeah, our, our painted visual is is that we're sitting in our sauna, brand new, by the way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you build it yourself? No, we went to, through a company in Duluth, BW Sauna, Jason, okay. and we picked it up yesterday in Duluth and a road trip up in the morning and all the way back four, four and a half hours uh, one way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she's fired up for the first time this morning. You're sitting in it right now. We are at my house. Yes. That's really it's cool. It's uh, 120 degrees and we just threw some water on it and then it has a shower on the outside. So we attached it to well water and it was cold. So we can just quick cool off with a pull of the, mm-hmm. the chain and it's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Congratulations on your new sauna. Oh, thank thank you. you. And it's a big picture window, so we're seeing outside. It's how big is this window? Oh, it's got to be four feet long. Yeah. So cool. So what are you doing, Mike? <laughs> Where are Currently, you? I'm I'm sitting in my home office, <laughs> and I am preparing to go to my not home office after the podcast. I have meetings there as well. Nice. And do you want to tell our listeners where you're located? Oh, I'm in, I'm near Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. <gasps> oh man, yeah, we should have <laughs> the, the night this out and you just saunaed with you. Who <laughs> <laughs> was that close? Oh, that close. Peter Tots. My son lives up there. So we got to have lunch with him and. Good. Good. What did you go to lunch? Uh-oh, did I lose you? Yeah, I have no audio on this side. Maybe the steam got into the mute button. Hey, Mike. Let me text him to one. Oh, here he is. Hey, Mike, it's Kara. Hi, Kara. It's Mike. We're going to just do it this way, and we're recording right now through my phone, so we can just hang right here. Oh, okay. There must have been an issue or something. Yeah, I was trying to get back in, and it was was loading for for quite a while here. Yeah, and then Gabby's phone got too hot in the sauna, so we had to step out. (laughs) That's what happened, so... Oh, gosh. But we got the first recording, so that's good. Right. Yeah. Well, so 
I don't want to have more technical difficulties and we want to be really respectful of your time. So um, tell us a little bit about the 23rd project, 23rd veteran project. Yeah, the, the organization is called 23rd veteran and we started in 2015 and headquartered in Duluth, just like we were talking about Duluth. I don't know if you knew this. So, uh-uh. so you you were in Duluth yesterday and didn't know that I was in Duluth or 23 veterans in Duluth? <laughs> well, like, I, I heard Nancy say that, you know, people from the cities were driving up to Duluth. And I, I think I knew you had started in Duluth, but I didn't realize you okay. had made your forever home in Duluth. <laughs> sure. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, so we're headquartered in Duluth, and right, we're, we're serving with our primary program, it's called 23V Recon. We're serving veterans with that in Duluth area, the Twin Cities area, and the Philadelphia, Delaware area. Wow. Wow. That's, it's, that's grown exponentially then, hasn't it? Uh, we're, we're doing our best. There's, there's a strong need, and this is a really good answer for a lot of people. So we're trying really hard to grow and, and help people where they're at. So the the history behind 23rd veteran is based on my personal experience mm-hmm. i served in the marine corps infantry and i was in the initial invasion in iraq back in 2003 wow 20 years ago now mm-hmm. wow and uh, there were some pretty solid changes that happened in my brain when i was in combat and i did not realize it i i came home and i knew that i had like much stronger control over my emotions. If I didn't want to get sad, I wouldn't get sad. If I didn't want to get mad, I didn't get mad. And, and I thought that was a really good thing. Um, but in hindsight, uh, I was I was blocking those negative emotions. And you can't just selectively block emotions. So not only was I not feeling sadness, I was also not feeling joy and excitement when I didn't know how to love. Mm. So I was married at the time. And I was divorced within within two years of my combat experience. Wow, and so many can relate to that. Sure. And moving forward from there, too, like I, I had a lot of nightmares, and I wasn't really afraid about it. I, I like complain about them. I just figured it's just a dream. There's still people over there serving in real life. Like it's not a big deal. One day, I ended up waking up while I was puking because my nightmares were so vivid and horrific. Wow. Uh, that was in 2007. So this was four years after combat. That's the first time that something ran through my mind thinking, hey, maybe there is something to this combat stress. Maybe I should talk to somebody about this. Wow, four years. Uh, wow. 2008. So five years later, I'm driving down the freeway and my heart starts racing and my chest is cramping and I get tunnel vision. I can't really think. And I thought for sure I was having a heart attack. I pulled over on the, the shoulder of the road and switched spots with the, the passenger who rushed me to the hospital, which happened to be a VA hospital. Mm-hmm. And I go to the ER, put me on an EKG, say I'm fine, send me home. Hmm. And I was thinking, I am not fine. That was scary. That was painful. I'm dying. <laughs> Something's yeah. wrong with your machine. You better get there in time. And that happened. That kept happening. So the next couple of weeks, I went to the ER five times thinking I was dying of a heart attack. Um, so we'll, we'll fast forward and it took me five years from there to learn that these things I was having were not heart attacks. These were panic attacks. I was having them every day for five years and life was so hard to live. Like the only thing I was looking forward to was being asleep just so I didn't have to be awake. Mm. Uh, but I ended up finding a way out of it. I, pu- I, I pulled out of it. And once I did, once my mind cleared of that, that anxiety, and that depression fog, I was finally able to make the links between these are called panic attacks. This is called social anxiety. And why I'm experiencing this is because of my military service you know, 10 years earlier. Yeah. I was finally able to link those triggers, those fears and those experiences to my anxiety. And once I did that, it was clear that my mind changed when I was in combat. And if it changed then, like how did it change? Why, why am I able to remember these things at a subconscious level so much better than I can remember other things at a subconscious level. So studied a lot about our memory, learned about the exercise, the, the linkage between exercise and memory and put together a team of psychologists and exercise professionals to build a, a program to help other veterans pull out of theirs much quicker than I was able to pull out of mine. Wow. 
And that was really long. I, I didn't I didn't oh. plan on talking by myself for four minutes, but I appreciate your attention. Well, and so I can relate to a lot of that. Um, I remember coming back, even just from like basic training, and everybody telling me like, "Gabby, why aren't you reacting like you used to react?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm I'm just being quiet. I'm just, you know." And people are like. And it took this year, I actually uh, met with a coach and she's like, you know, you're going to have to feel your feels. And I'm like, no, I, I, <laughs> I really don't want to. And she's like, you need to lean into your sadness. You need to lean into your anger. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I, I feel like something bad is going to happen if I feel joy. Because that's been the pattern that I've, I've put forth. Um, that I've learned, right? And I've been in for 17 years now. And so it seems like every time, right, like that I I lean into my joy, something like something will turn to ashes. And so I won't let myself feel joy. I won't let myself feel sadness. And it's taken this working through it this year to realize like, you need to feel it. (laughs) I think she yelled at me and called me very stubborn. But like part of that sometimes too is we we can feel guilty about feeling joy. Like mm. We experience so many people that that are, are living such a difficult life, and that the people that we serve with, and you know, sometimes they're they're still deployed, or they went back, and we didn't. We don't feel like we're worthy or deserve to feel happiness. Right. Or um, sorry, I'm getting emotional, but <laughs> I um, so I'm a flight medic and there was one mission from Afghanistan up to Germany and we were literally just transporting this guy uh, who had been blown up by an IUD and he, we were, were getting him to Germany so his family could basically say goodbye to him. Um, wow. And he, you know, he was missing his bottom half of his body and he had wound back so we were pumping blood in as fast as we possibly could to keep him, keep his system running. And, you know, you you think about that, you know, like, why can I feel joy in that moment, right? When other people have, you know, like you almost feel guilty, like you said, but it's, uh, one day at a time. And I think you're doing amazing things, Mike. Yeah. So. Appreciate that. What is the, so how does the program work? Tell me the psychology behind it. And if any of our veterans are listening right now, what would they expect if they wanted to sign up with the 23rd Veteran Program? Sure. Uh, how much time do we have? We have as much time as you have. Okay. We do. <laughs> uh, if you'd like, I, I have this story. It's called a, a caveman story. Mm-hmm. It requires a little bit of imagination, but it does a really good job of allowing us to have a simplified grasp on what combat stress is or what we call PTSD or, or why we develop these fears around survival situations. So it's five minutes long. Do you want me to tell that? Yes, please Absolutely. do. Please, Mike. Okay. So if you can picture for me, over 100,000 years ago, there are three cavemen walking through the woods. You have caveman number one, caveman number two, and caveman number three. And they come across a brick path. And on the other side of that brick path is a green bush with red flowers on it. And suddenly that bush shakes and a saber-toothed tiger jumps out and it eats caveman number one. So caveman number two and three get a shot of adrenaline and they take off out of there. And they survive. There was a difference between caveman number two and caveman number three. Caveman number three had a chemical released in his brain called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So that's abbreviated BDNF. Mm, Okay. So BDNF is our neuron growth hormone, our brain growth hormone. So that allows our brain to be more plastic. plastic. So caveman number three has like this, this memory steroid available. He's able to lock in everything about that life and death situation. Meanwhile, caveman number two did not get his shot of BDNF, he's not going to remember that situation the way that caveman number three does. He's going to remember it the same way he remembers breakfast that morning. So you picture five years down the road, caveman number two and three are walking through the woods again, and they come across a brick path. 
So neither one of them relate this brick path to life and death five years ago, their thinking mind, but the subconscious memory of caveman number three recognizes it. So he started to get anxious and he doesn't know why. Across a green bush with red flowers on it. Mm. That's enough for caveman number three's brain to think he's entering another life and death situation. So adrenaline is released and his heart starts racing and blood's taken from his brain and pushed to his extremities to help with that fight or flight. So he gets tunnel vision. And has a difficult time thinking. His body's shaking from sugar's release and he's breathing heavy. He doesn't know what's happening, but all of a sudden he has these superhuman powers. And a saber-toothed tiger jumps from that bush. And with those superhuman powers, caveman number three is able to take off out of there and survive. Meanwhile, caveman number two is standing there thinking, what's going on? He's just walking through the woods. He gets eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. So caveman number three survived that second tiger attack because his subconscious memory recognized all of those triggers, those fears that this might be a dangerous situation and that prepared his body for it before he knew he was entering it. And that is an awesome thing in combat right. or anytime we're, we're facing similar traumatic experiences on a recurring basis for our bodies to be able to prepare before we realize that we're entering that it's so that's our survival mechanism. But if you picture 20 years down the road, caveman number three moves to a different country where there never was a saber-toothed tiger. They don't live there and he knows it. But one day he's walking through the park with his caveman wife and kids pushing his caveman stroller. And they come across a brick path. So he's not relating this brick path to life and death 20 years ago in his thinking brain. But a subconscious memory recognizes it, so he's starting to get anxious and he doesn't know why. And they continue down the path, and a mile later they come across a green bush. And just that bush being green might be enough for his brain to think he's entering another life and death situation. So the adrenaline's released and his heart starts racing. Blood's taken from his brain and pushed to his extremities to help with that fight or flight. So he gets tunnel vision and has a difficult time thinking. His body's shaking from sugar's release and he's breathing heavy. He's so tense from seeing that brick path a mile ago that his chest can start to cramp or his neck, neck muscles tighten. He can feel like he's choking or like he's having a heart attack. His body's going through all of these physical effects, but all he's doing is pushing a stroller through the park with his family. And it can feel like he's dying, so he begins to panic, and that's what's called a panic attack. And sometimes those memories can be so strong that caveman number three could even see the saber-toothed tiger again, though it no longer exists or it never was in that country. Wow. So we can take that and kind of clearly build, build a more clear picture about what commonly happens in combat or the last 20 years to say a common situation of the last 20 years is you mentioned IED. So there's an explosion that goes off while you're driving down a dirt road in vehicles. So the right. saber tiger there is going to be the, like the shrapnel that does the injuring yep. the green bush with the red flowers. That's going to be the, the loud noise, the explosion, people screaming, gunfire sight, smell of blood. And then there's the green bush, or sorry, the, the brick path items. And those times, sometimes are the most scary because we don't know, we recognize that our brain relates that to a life and death situation. So that could be something like a dirt road, just make us anxious, or a, a crowded vehicle, or a sunrise, sunset, because we move so often in the low light, could be a trigger for us. Mm-hmm. And then clearly people we don't know, we, we, when we're in the military, we're training our brains not to trust anybody. It doesn't matter if it's a man, woman, or child. If they're not in our uniform or on our team, we don't trust them. And that doesn't change in our mind just because we come back to where we started, fly back to the United States or Minnesota, where we were from. And we try to go to a restaurant and have a good time. We want to have our back to the wall. We're look, watching the entrance to assess everybody coming through, trying to look at everybody around us to see who has the weapons. And we don't have our team to help anymore. So it leads to a lot of that social anxiety. Just feel uncomfortable in society. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> That's what it kind of feels like. Okay, that's a good way to put it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to 23rd Veteran. Uh, so what we're doing is we're using that that same memory steroid, that BDNF. So that and that's not the only chemical that assists in our memory, but that is one of them that is released, and it's released anytime our heart rate's up. So it doesn't matter if our heart rate gets up because of a traumatic situation or our heart rate gets up because of exercise, we can remember everything better for the next four hours. And it's even shown up to two days later after our heart rate is up. So 23rd Veteran, we are getting our heart rate up for at least 20 minutes because that, that releases our maximum levels of BDNF. And then we sit down on the gym floor right in our pools of sweat and we go through our positive psychology. And we do our, our trigger retraining. So we actually experience our fears, but with a new trusting team in a fun environment, in a, an environment of love and trust. So that our subconscious can start to recognize these green bushes and these brick paths um, around love, trust, and happiness rather than around possible enemy mm-hmm. and survival. Do you do this with in small groups, one on one to start with, just in case you know, like to to prepare for what could happen? Is yeah? Can you walk me through? Sure. Us through. Uh, so, so we do groups up to twelve. At least that's how, that's how we start up to twelve veterans and one civilian, which I could talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but the very first thing we do is, is some extreme camaraderie building uh, because we need to develop that trust with each other. We need to be able to be vulnerable with each, each other. So we take a, a dozen veterans to come on an airplane and send them to the other side of the country to do an outdoor wellness adventure. So we're putting them someplace that they're uncomfortable, unfamiliar with, but together with some professional guides, of course, and they survive for a week. So some, sometimes these are pretty extreme. We've, <laughs> 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 they, they work, they, they works really well. So I'll tell you what, when you strip a veteran down to their most vulnerable state, they don't want to get on a plane with a bunch of people they don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't take a lot of the safety items with them that they normally want to take. And they're going to survive. And we send them to like the Kilcher homestead in Alaska where they're, they're viewing a Discovery Channel TV set for a, a day. <laughs> and then they get on float planes from there, dropped off on glacier lakes. So they survive for five days on a glacier. When, then they have to get like picked off on in a or picked up in an emergent situation because there's a storm moving in. So we send helicopters to, so that they're not stranded from medication and food for the next week. And oh. they, they build some really really tight camaraderie in situations like that. <laughs> We've done something together. How many? How often do you do these trips in a year? Like how many a year? Uh, one per area that we're serving. Okay. That's a little more than once a year. So it's every nine months, we'll say, in the Twin Cities, and every nine months in, in the Duluth area that yep. we're currently running in Philadelphia. They, they just got back a couple of weeks ago from their outdoor wellness adventure. Uh, that, that group went to the Olympic Mountains in Washington State. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, so the, like I said, the whole reason for that is so we can build that trust, and we do. Like, the the comments that people make after coming back from that experience are just like they had their team from the military. Like they finally had these friends again. So then we come out and we go to the gym together three times a week. So we do this daily fitness followed by the positive psychology that I talked about. Everybody has a playbook. They right after their workout, they sit down and they open up their book and it's the group discussion. Uh, just book guided. Okay. And then on the weekends, we start experiencing those triggers. So on Saturday, we'll invite our loved ones with and we'll go to a restaurant. Yeah, we intentionally go at dinner time on a Saturday and we sit in the middle of the restaurant so that we have all of these fears around us. But we're with this trusting team that has our back. Uh, We feel safe and comfortable. We're joking. We're doing our daily gratitudes. And then our subconscious can start to remember this restaurant is an enjoyable place rather than a place full, full of enemy. And we upgrade. We go to trampoline parks so there's ground shaking kids screaming bowling alleys a little bit louder noises and eventually we're having a blast at a at a gun range we go to a professional gun range and and just have it have a great time together wow and what's really cool we've been doing this for seven years and we have not had a single negative experience at a gun range at the end of the program wow is that where you like to end up 
at the gun range. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the uh, the culmination of like those trigger experiences, yeah. and it's yeah. yeah yeah it's very exciting to to just see how effective that can be, and, and to hear the comments like despite that I have like these triggers, I never thought I'd be able to walk into a gun range like this. Like I haven't enjoyed fireworks in years, but now I'm having a blast and I love it. Mm -hmm. People come from the program and they, uh, through art, um, all that stuff. So yeah, then we have people that like, yeah, they do that. They bring their, their families to fireworks afterwards and make comments on it. And a lot of them are even removed from the medications that we're taking. Some go and do their fitness by walking their kids around the mall of America most one of the most crowded places you can be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. forcing yourself into uncomfortable situations after you know you're safe you know after mentally you can look at things differently and and adjust your mindset and all the hor- <laughs> i mean hormone related too i'm sure all of those fire up yeah and just in those situations and- no longer being uncomfortable yeah they're not realizing it that it used to be how long do people or can they be in the program is this forever or your initial thing is that week away or it's 14 weeks okay so one week outdoor wellness 13 weeks of fitness positive psychology and trigger retraining Um, and i mentioned the civilians so we sent one civilian through the whole program and four weeks in we add four more civilians do they know that they're civilians do the veterans know yeah. that mm-hmm. civilians are joining? It's not something like heavily advertised okay. uh, apply, when applying for the program. Um, there is like on the application, it says, are you a veteran or are you a civilian? And then at orientation, we talk about the civilians joining week four. Um, and then if there's, we don't always have one because they pay their own way through the program. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite expensive, you know, relatively expensive to do this outdoor wellness adventure and the flights and the gym memberships and everything so we don't always get one to do the whole program but when they do yeah we we, we recognize that this is a civilian however once they're in the group we don't associate civilian versus veteran it's we're just all participants we can all be graduates we're all people that's the whole purpose is like we are all the same people we just had a different experience at one point in life mm-hmm. it's so hard to identify as a civilian and on a civilian team after the military you just feel out of place don't speak the same language feel like you don't can't be understood and i i believe that's the main reason that we have an 80 percent rate of veterans leaving their their first career after the military because they just don't find that team that they're kind of expecting to find right and and Um, like your you know and and their family their wives they don't they probably don't see them the same either sure absolutely you know we have veterans that say like oh, i will never join your program because there's civilians in it mm. well that's exactly why we have civilians in it, because <laughs> of that mindset like we have to we have to learn how to we're never going to live successfully in a civilian world if we can't build a civilian team right. right so were you what okay <laughs> I have so many questions, Mike, but like, I think I'm going to pinpoint on this one. What have been your joys in the program and what have been your struggles besides getting veterans to believe civilians can work (laughs) alongside them? Um, So, yeah, the, some of the struggles of the program are getting people to commit to it. Like we're, we're asking for a huge commitment. A lot of times, Veterans are isolated that are joining this program. They haven't been out in society in quite a while. <laughs> like we mentioned, not only the, the airplane and the outdoor wellness, they got to commit to this functional fitness and this CrossFit. And there's some really solid rules. We have five rules. They have to show up. There's no alcohol through the 14 weeks. They have to quit drinking if they're drinking. No substance abuse or medication abuse. There's no watching the news for the 14 weeks. Yep. There's no bitching. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So they're committing to, to, so we find that we need about 30 to 35 veterans to apply for the program to have 12 go. Okay. Like those last couple of weeks leading up to it, most veterans will call us up with, with a reason they can't go. Mm. Um, and I, I believe the main reason is they're afraid of it. And it's just easy for us to find 
other reasons to not go if if there's there's a fear mm-hmm. surrounding that. So uh, there's a lot of talking with employers and professors and families and just getting getting some support and buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would be the biggest struggle that we have is keeping veterans committed to the program uh, before they get on the flight. Once they get on that airplane, the ninety percent graduation rate. Oh, wow! Wow! So you need more advocates telling people about this, right? <laughs> that's helpful yeah or maybe some handcuffs yeah. just drag them in. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, in, in our smaller communities i don't a think, lot of people yeah. don't know what's accessible to them even if they have to drive a couple hours right and we really want to bring people to go hey there could be some aspect of this in your backyard or online or here you go go up there and and i think gabby and i our, our heart is bringing things up to knowledge of what is available for people in our smaller communities and being like, we don't have to live in a big city to have everything we need at our fingertips. We need people to know what's out there for them and we need them to feel comfortable reaching out to people and, and, and trusting people. And I think we are really trying to bring that community back, but also the resources that are available to them that could change their lives. Well, and and Mike, I think when we had spoke briefly for a pre-interview, you had talked about how important uh, employer buy-in is, right? Like the support of it. Um, And, you know, Southern Minnesota employers, get your poop together, right? Like know that this is available. It is a program that is going to better your veteran employees that you tout that you're so proud to have employed yeah right like get them the help that they need and yeah then they can go up to the cities or they can go up to Duluth and complete this program and be a much more accessible person to everyone when they come home yeah yeah some of the employers that have supported their veterans through have gotten such a huge payback not only in knowing that the, their employees are living better lives, but the productivity that they have at work and the camaraderie that they have at work and, and across the civilian lines. Mm-hmm. So we're looking, we're specifically looking for employers that have at least six veterans that they would want to send through so that we could run the program for their company. Oh, okay. And the civilians that join, we want to be coworkers oh. so that we can build that camaraderie right in the workplace. And mm-hmm. you know, there's one that comes to mind in Duluth that has done that. And, the civilians and veterans are now serving on military action committees together and they're putting together fundraisers and they're doing presentations and they are wanting to spread like what has happened there to their other locations around the u.s Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's so much so much potential that can be unlocked when, when you have somebody that has had military experience, but is currently struggling to to adjust the civilian world. Like the, the potential is there, and if if you unlock it, like the productivity and the the positivity that comes out of it is incredible. Oh, I, well, it's like you know when all the barriers are down, it's nothing but smooth sailing, or you know nothing but pavement, and you can speed up and you can do things that you never thought were able to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're kicking ass, Mike. Yeah, Mike, this is awesome. I mean, when I hear things like this, I I just get so passionate because so many people are struggling. So many people are struggling. And, ugh. So, yes, the the question, the struggles and the the joys of the successes. And I I answer the struggles. So the successes, like, there's, there's a few that come to mind, like orientation is one of my favorite times in life. I look forward to that so much. Just seeing these these people that are super uncomfortable and like <laughs> probably making a lot of judgments on each other, just looking around the room like, what did I get myself into? I don't trust any of these folks. This is dumb. Yeah. And just seeing the light for them and putting them on the airplane uh, just so I can come back seven days later and meet them in the airport. <laughs> you know, the, the changes that they've experienced and then to, to witness them go through the rest of it. Yeah, we have people that are like close to 23rd veteran, even that have been working for 23rd veteran for two years and they finally get their opportunity to go through the program. Yeah. And they said, like, I, I've known like everything about it and I, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, but there's so much magic that happens that is unknown until you experience it. What are the really cool? What are some top two things you notice on them when you come back? 
couple things <laughs> from the oh the smiles yeah like yeah and and the, exactly what we've been speaking about the camaraderie just everybody's hugging each other they the 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 Minnesota goodbyes from the airport. <laughs> it's like you're gonna see each other in two days at the gym. But oh, after yeah. after living like that for a week and getting experience life the way that humans are intended to experience it, I feel I feel whether we have evolved or were created in, in both cases, the way that we're living life right now is not the way it was intended. Right. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah, the things that motivate us are not the things that are supposed to motivate us. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we're experiencing a lot of ailments that we shouldn't be experiencing. And until you get out and have to rely on a tribe for survival, mm-hmm. you don't you don't know what life is intended to be felt like. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I want to go for a whole week. <laughs> <Kara>. <laughs> people when they're leaving and it, it, it rains fairly true it's pretty accurate day one it's hard to sleep like it's uncomfortable it's like where where am i what am i doing i'm, I'm under the stars are there grizzly bears here or are there polar bears i don't know but there's probably one Holy <laughs> shit. No, okay i'm exaggerating we have seen tracks we've never seen a bear um, and then day two like it becomes a little more comfortable sleep becomes better uh, you get a better night's rest. After night three, you don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Like you, you dread going back to society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I got to do uh, seer training, and I don't know, but I I definitely I definitely slept in a mosquito net, um, and I had a hundred percent deed on me. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, by day four, that rabbit stew with all of its fluff in it was really good. It was really good. <laughs> I'm sure it's, nice. yours is a little bit more high class than what I would do. Wow. That's intense. Your school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But I mean, like, that rabbit stew was, I still dream about oh, that rabbit gosh. stew. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh. So I like to nerd out on the neuroscience. That's yeah. that's something that is I've noticed a little bit different about me than a lot of people that do this work. Um, Tell us your yeah, top. If anybody out there, yeah. well, if anyone is out there, I could just like throw some references out if they want to dig more into it. Yeah, why yeah, we do yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Um, another another real quick story. Uh, there was a school district near Chicago called Naperville. Well, there still is. It's Naperville. It's near Chicago. (laughs) It did not disappear. Back when No Child Left Behind came out since like 2002, Mm -hmm. uh, most of the school districts around the country uh, lessened their FIAD programs. Some even got rid of their FIAD programs because Mm -hmm. the whole purpose of No Child Left Behind was to do these standardized tests. And if your students were not testing high enough, you were financially penalized as a school. So they wanted to make sure their school, their students are going to test higher in these core classes. So they get rid of their FIAD, get rid of their extracurriculars. And Naperville saw it different. There was a FIAD director there at one of the schools that, that knew the, the link, recognized the link between exercise and the brain. So it created something called zero-hour PE. Oh. So zero-hour being before the first hour of school, we're going to do FIAD. Uh, they, they raised some money for some rock climbing walls so they, they could build trust and camaraderie amongst different different groups, different cliques in the school, because when you're holding on to a life mm-hmm. with a rope or when your life is being held by a rope, by somebody holding it, you, you build trust pretty quickly with each other. Mm-hmm. And they got fitness trackers. So rather than judging and grading a kid on how fast they can run around a track, they're graded on how long they can keep their heart rate up. So it brought everybody to an even playing field. Oh, awesome. And this school district went from a below average school. Well, the whole district adopted this uh, this one school after they saw the test results coming from it, and, and then the whole district went from below average district in in the state to being number one in the state in both science and math. 
Yeah, there's multiple studies on that you can look up. It's it's so zero hour PE would be something to research on that. Uh, John Rady, Dr. John Rady at Harvard wrote a book on uh, that kind of highlighted it called Spark. Uh, so there's a lot of good information in there on BDNF and the link between exercise and the brain. Uh, and then when it comes to the the, the fear retraining, uh, if you watch or listen or read anything that Dr. Huberman puts out, yep, you have okay. Oh yeah, That's, he's uh, my, one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, Andrew. Huberman. So he's got a uh, Andrew Huberman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular, his podcasts are very very long, so you have to. It's like watching a movie. So set some time aside. Yeah. Um, he's got one based in fears and really establishes that like recovering from a, a fear is a two-step process. Step number one is extinguishing that fear or just like ensuring that it has less power over us. And that's done commonly through like EDMR, exposure therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, just talk therapy. Uh, so what, and what that does is when we recall that fearful event, uh, like the first time we recall it, it's going to be very vivid and rich. It has a lot of power over us and, and sends our body uh, through a distinct reaction. Or if we do it enough times through like exposure therapy or CBT, then it just, the way he says is it, it goes from being a, an exciting story to a boring story, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're not re- reacting so strongly around that fear. But then there's step number two. So that's step one. That's super common in the therapeutic world. Step number two is then reassociating that fear with a new positive event and in new positive memories so that's where 23rd veteran comes in mm. so if you want to nerd out on some of the neuroscience on there he gets so deep into things that i will never understand <laughs> very intelligent person uh, yeah dr huberman you'll and, have to uh, send me the link to the one you're talking about and then we'll put that in the show notes for people if they oh, want to sure. nerd out with us <laughs> sure you yeah. can do that yeah yeah wow there's quite a few more those, those are some good starts because uh, of positive psychology i, I really like the way that Sean Anker explains in, in his book. Oh, the happy. The happiness track? Is yeah. that what it is? Happy. Yes. Yeah, so I have that book too. I think so. Mm-hmm. I can picture the smile on the cover. Me too. It's orange. <laughs> yes. And I use his daily, I've used his daily prompts too. Okay. Which are really awesome. Super. You could find that in the show notes because it's just a quick journal. Good things that happened to you today. How are you helping somebody? You know, even at the end of the day, like, because you start looking for things when you journal things, when you have prompts of gratefulness and how did you help somebody today? And you know, you're going to write that down every night or day. The The world shows you more of it and more opportunities for it. And then your day becomes, how can I help somebody today instead of about us? You know, that's how I find journaling yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's And that's exactly what our playbook is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are questions, prompts like that that we we do discuss. Well, we do gratitude every day on, on the gym floor as we're kind of cooling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody has three gratitudes, and we get into one of those prompts. Those prompts are specific, you know, depending on the week we're in. Mm-hmm. It's either focusing on building up our oxytocin or our serotonin or our dopamine, which those are all linked with our purpose, our service, our love and trust. Dopamine is our habit chemical. Um, So we could be dropping our bad habits, building our good habits, or building up our baseline dopamine so that we have more control over our habits. We're not not ran by them. Mm -hmm. Throughout my journey of being alcohol-free three and a half years ago, I kind of looked back and I thought, okay, what what are some key things that I did that I could maybe put this in in a word or you know, what are the action te- steps I took? And I came up with the word epic. And it totally is kind of what you're talking about. E is eliminate. You need to eliminate something, some things, whatever. <laughs> That's, that aren't serving you habits or, or people or just so many things that we can eliminate. P is participate. Show up for your own damn life and participate in good things that are happening in our communities, wherever. Mm-hmm. I is to integrate. Yeah, to integrate some healthy things. To de- <laughs> when you took out the bad things, how are you going to deal with these things healthily? Integrate, and then the C is to celebrate. Celebrate your life. Celebrate what you went through, and that's not linear, right? You can eliminate something and celebrate that even before you integrate something. So it's not a- life isn't linear, and I really think that that is just a cool 
it's, it's a word that to me before epic That's was really like kind cool. of epic before was like kind of superficial. Ooh, I have this epic life. And, and then I'm like, oh, it's just bullshit to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally was sitting in my like infrared sauna and I wrote all the words that ended in eight, like, cause I'm an action taker. And I circled these words. I'm just sitting there looking at this huge sheet of paper. I got to find it. And I see the word epic. It was pretty cool. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, I say. <laughs> well played, Mike. Yes. So anyway, it's just, it, 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 yeah, that's cool when I hear it come through amazing programs like you have and other programs that are out there at all, at all lines. So how can we help yeah. you more? We, we really want to get these employers to understand this, the six or more. We can definitely help you with that and put this out and to some employers we know and gym partnerships you were looking for as well right they're they're not hard to come by oh i suppose the, mm-hmm. yeah that, 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 that wouldn't be something i would consider a struggle and you know it kind of depends on where this employer is on you know the location do we want to utilize a nearby functional fitness gym do we want to bring in a coach maybe a player has a gym in their their mm-hmm. workplace um so yeah those those that, that isn't what I would consider a struggle. Funding, okay. funding is always helpful. We have, we raise the majority of our money through a fitness event called Ruck Life. Mm. Okay. So just like in the military, when we ruck with our packs and our gear, this is a civilian event for civilians to raise money for veterans. We sign up, we get a fundraising page, and then on event day, we bring a backpack, whatever kind we have, and we put food and clothes in it. And then we hike with that up to 10 miles. So it's like a minimum of two miles, maximum of 10 miles. Okay. And at the end, we weigh the packs to see how much we carried, and we donate all of that to locals in need. It all goes to the veteran organizations. When does that take place? Uh, the Twin Cities one is coming up in two and a half weeks. Okay. It's on August 5th. Where? In Hugo. Yeah. It's in Hugo. The nor- it's the northeast suburb. Okay. And it's actually the same same location as the Tough Butter in Minnesota. Ah, perfect. So, and then another location? Each location does their own? Yeah, so in Duluth, we do that on Armed Forces Day, which is the Saturday between uh, Mother's Day and Memorial Day, which Minnesotans know it as the Saturday between Fishing Opener and Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, Delaware, Philadelphia area, that will be near Veterans Day. Okay. Possibly on Veterans Day. Awesome. It's nice. close. So, yeah. do the veterans it's our pay, goal. pay for this? Uh, is it, well, how do, how do yeah. we, how do veterans sign yeah. up? What is the expectation? Do they have to put skin in the game? Sure. Uh, so it's actually designed for civilians. This is where civilians get to support our military. Okay, Veterans are, are welcome to participate for sure. And we actually we, we bring active serving military units and recruiter units and stuff as well so that civilians get to hike side by side with military members. Awesome. Um, so it's $59 to join. That covers the costs of the event. It's it's a very professionally run event. It's really the registration smooth. There's live music. There's DJ. There's food trucks. There's alcohol service. We don't do alcohol in our programs, but we do allow that at our fundraisers. Do they have mocktails? Uh, you need somebody to run some mocktails, some non-alcoholic stuff for sure. I don't know what a mocktail is. A non-alcoholic. I, I cocktail. understand it now. <laughs> you said it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, uh, yeah, we can cocktail. We can hook you up with some people we know that actually are trying to get that out in the cities of you guys, the restaurants, bars need to serve a lot more intentional, non-alcoholic sure. beverages and your wait staff like needs it. to know. So you will, we'll definitely, I got a gal that could be there kind of presenting some cool drinks, you know, just, I think people don't know their options and they don't know the different tastes. And anyway. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And the then you should stuff. have your 507 Sonico up there. <laughs> We could bring our baby. <laughs> People could try it. Very out. nice. Yeah. But so for the twenty, 200- yeah, that would probably you would probably have people trying it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, yeah, anyway, the the cost for that event is fifty nine dollars. Covers the event that way when you do your fundraising, that all gets to go to the organization. Okay. Good. And then uh, for the twenty third veteran program, is there cost to the veterans? 
That's free. That's how we we raise the money. It, it costs about seventy five hundred dollars per veteran that goes through it. Wow. Oh wow. But we don't charge the veterans. The yeah, civilians, like I said, will will pay their own way. Um, they they will pay for their outdoor wellness adventure flights and gym memberships. When we do group events, that's just that's all covered. Okay. You know, we go out to a restaurant together, shooting range together. It's it's all covered under our wow. retraining events. That right. is that's amazing. I yeah, words kind of fail me right now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's so the when, thing you're doing, like. So. Which, uh, which, which recon program are you joining? <laughs> well, uh, let me... Cl- nope, that's an objection, right? Like, let me clear through my uh. husband. But he does have two... He would be responsible for our two little boys. So let me, uh, let me talk it over with Andy. Maybe he could go through it with me. How far are you from the Twin Cities? He must be a couple hours away. Two. Yeah, yeah, about two and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where exactly are you located? So I live in Sanborn, Minnesota. Okay. I live in Redwood Falls, Minnesota. So okay. right on in the 507, Redwood County. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if, you, if you can think of a, a more populous area or a larger employer that might be able to support, is the minimum that we'll put through the program is six. Okay. Uh, we'll need at least that for the outdoor wellness measure to be effective. Okay. Um, and like I mentioned, we have a 90% graduation rate that's... We have had experience twice. We've had 100% graduation, mm. but I wouldn't say that's expected. Right. Uh, if if we do that on a recurring basis, uh, we'll probably have to have to up our commitments a little bit because it might be a little too easy. Right. Uh, the changes that we're looking for might not be as effective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if people had that, you know, they went with you, but they they couldn't drive two hours for their gym but they had the gym here. If the employer was here in Redwood Falls, we found it and we could find a, you know, a CrossFit person to do that part of it. Is, does that work or does there need to be somebody that's, you know, trained with you and all so of that? Whoever goes on the outdoor wellness adventure together, stays together. goes to the same gym together. Yeah. But you stay together through the whole program. Okay. 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 We we have dabbled in splitting up into two different gyms. Um, we, it, 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 as long as the group's big enough, it can be effective, but it's not as effective. Right, right. And there's there's a lot of programs that are helpful out there. Um, there there's a lot of of ways to get gym memberships as a veteran. Um, there's a lot of ways to get free counseling as a veteran. Uh, but we want to ensure that this this program is going to remain unique. It's like yeah. it, it's a really high commitment, but it's also a really high success rate. Mm-hmm. We actually just got uh, surveys back. We we surveyed everybody who has graduated in the last seven years, mm. and I'm very surprised to see. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. Oh shoot! Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we do have anecdotals. I guess I could pull it up. Like we have we have comments that people have given, uh, but the numbers, like the percentages that come back right at the end of the program, we survey everybody on like the final day, like just mm-hmm. just self report. How how's your happiness now compared to before you joined? Your quality of life. Uh, can you trust other people more? Do you get along in society? And those numbers are all eighty five percent plus mm-hmm. on the final day. Wow. So we did this survey for the past seven years and to see how many of those have dropped down and dropped off, all of those numbers remained at 80% plus. Wow. So even after they've been on the program for years, still mm-hmm. attributed to being that much more impactful in their life today. And we added some more questions like the, on the impact that they've mm-hmm. had, have they experienced a positive impact in their family, their loved ones, their workplace, you know, because of this program. Mm-hmm. And that too is near 90%. Oh, yeah. Wow. It just takes one person, right? And the ripple effect can go everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Um, the We do often have somebody commute one to two hours away in yeah. the program. If somebody's commuting more than 40 miles, we'll offer them uh, fuel cards to help with the cost of it. Wow. Awesome. Whoa. Yeah. If you discover something in the area that you think will work. Yeah. 
our brains are, ears. our brains are on fire right now literally <laughs> we had to step out of the sauna but our brains are really firing it up right now thinking of we did a, a program in our county mike for the last nine months and we just graduated in may and it's called link l-i-n-c and really? 26 you you enroll and 20 they choose 26 people you have to live in Redwood County, work, have a child that goes to school, or, or you go to church in Redwood County. And every month we meet for a full day, and the morning is leadership and training brought by the U of M extension. And then in the afternoon, we tour a lot of different entrepreneur you know, little businesses in our county. Or big businesses. Or big, yeah, yeah. Because we, we I don't, I, Dectronics I, comes to mind for Schultz. And Schultz Home and, and um, a couple of the bigger employers. And they get to talk about, you know, what got them started in Redwood County and how they're... Wow. Yeah, it was really very beneficial. So, you know, the scoreboard at the Twin Stadium? Oh, sure. Made by a company here, Dactronics. They make them... Oh, really? Tons. Yeah, there's okay. a Sioux Falls as well, but we have a big plant here. And a Schultz Home, which builds mobile homes. That's where we're my our minds are going right now. Yeah, for bigger okay. people, for employers, and we saw the wall. We toured them during Link, and we got to you know hear about tour their the facility and hear about their employees, and they both had walls for veterans. veterans on them. So, wow, yeah, it's yeah. here, Mike. It, like it, 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 it needs to happen here, some way, sure. shape, or form. So, all right, and uh, like like shift work. Somebody somebody that's doing physical work on shift work, like. Yep. In my education, like, that would be ideal to run this program before the shifts start. Right. Yep. Yep. There's a study on the Toyota production system that comes to mind back, this is 20 years ago, when industries were trying to figure out how a Toyota could do things so efficiently, <laughs> like have such a high quality control. Um, and one of the, the biggest difference they found in that car manufacturer versus other ones is they would do 30 minutes of calisthenics with every shift before they started their work. Yeah, it's so simple, right? It's so simple. So simple. It's like be a human for a little bit. Yep. Eat, you know, eat something that grew or breathed rather than chemicals. Mm-hmm. Do, do a little workout. Yep. <laughs> something yeah. physical. And you, your productivity will go through the roof. Yep. And then just schwitz it out and sit in an ice bath for a little bit, too. <laughs> there it is. There, there we is. go. Uh, well, thank you, Mike. Uh, have you, you know, so Dr. Huberman, you've probably seen his uh, podcast and his research on dopamine and ice baths oh, yeah. and cold showers. And, okay. Mm-hmm. You've probably talked about it on the podcast before. Yep. Yeah, Gabby does the cold shower, saying the Lord's Prayer, and four times. It's yes, so yes. it's what makes me stick. If I can just, you well, you know, like when you find something your mind can focus on and you can breathe through, and you're like, I know there's an ending point. So if I just breathe through this and I just sit in the suck for just a little bit, I'll actually feel better at the end. Making right, getting comfortable with oh. the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I did mine this morning about. No, not, not too long before we joined. Awesome. Good. Good. There's so many things at our fingertips that are just accessible. They're free. Um, and that's the other part of our mission is to show people that and prove it to them by these amazing stories like you that you have. So thank well, you. And once they get the barge done up in Duluth. Oh, yeah, you could do that. Did you know there's a floating sauna that cedar and stone is creating i do now okay there's a floating sauna and there are mocktails yes Yes. this is an educational podcast so karen and i will come up to duluth mike and we'll go sauna on superior and jump off into the water (laughs) and they they actually do cedar and stone has a a big mobile sauna right now down by uh one of the hotels pier 13 pier 13 and you can actually take sessions you can do it as a group people whatever and then they have a cage kind of made into the lake superior that you plunge into i did it may 1st with my family and my son sat in there for five flipping minutes and i'm like dude is that okay his wife was like is is he gonna be okay (laughs) and then you hop back in the sauna and you do sessions like that or do whatever you want it's beautiful you've got to go check it out It'd be a great place for your crew to go hang out. Yeah, that sounds like a good... So we have graduate programs, too. Maybe we should do a a graduate event. Yeah. 
up there. Yeah. Cedar and Stone. Justin is his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. I'll look into it. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for your time today. And uh, is there any parting wisdom you'd like to leave with the listeners? Absolutely not. That's what I should have thought about ahead of time because there's like 18 things that come to mind and it's going to drag out our podcast. So, well, I think number one, if you're if you're a listener that's a veteran that is having a hard time not being in the military anymore, think a lot about your your military brotherhood and sisterhood, and especially if you're if you're feeling the panic attacks, if it feels like you're dying, if you feel like you're losing hope, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope out there. There are things that will work. Mm-hmm. They're not always the first, second, or third thing that you tried. So keep trying. Keep the hope alive and, and never stop. Wow. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We look forward to chatting and connecting. On. Absolutely. All right. We'll be in touch. Take care. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.